Hi, it's Phil Brown, and I'm here with David Whelan, and today we're going to talk about social engineering. Oh, oh, wait, I thought we were talking about an engineering social, like so engineers getting together and stuff. No, we're going to talk about more how this might affect lawyers and paralegals. Okay, so social engineering is uh, maybe not a term you've heard of, but you will have heard of what it is. Uh, social engineering involves people maybe not even using technology, maybe just using telephones, to uh, use your emotions uh, and your uh, normal inclinations to be helpful and share uh, in order to pry out information from you, like your credit card number, like your passwords, uh, like uh, information that you wouldn't otherwise divulge. And so the social part is really the human interaction uh, that uh, leverages that information out of you. And and it could be as simple as uh, someone arriving at your office with a stack of 10 pizzas for your staff uh, and saying that they're there and everyone's supposed to gather in the, uh, the conference room and, and they, you know, they think it's a party and everyone goes into the conference room, including the receptionist to get their pizza. And the person who's delivered the pizzas now walks over and plugs into their server and could possibly insert some sort of malware or Trojan or whatever through one of the USB ports. And it's, it's essentially just been a, a two minute interruption of service. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's a funny th- area because there are so many different uh, things that go on, and, and you'll have heard of fishing. Uh, you may have heard of vishing and smishing, farming, water holing. There are all sorts of uh, interesting terms that pop up in the media, but really all of these fall under uh, social engineering. And it all has to do with our uh, our need to see what's in that email, or our need to respond to something, or someone has told us something's wrong with our account, so we need to figure out what that is quickly. And some of it's very random. Phishing, for example, uh, spelled P-H-I-S-H, uh, tends to be emails that come in, and but they're sent to uh, uh, thousands and thousands of people on the hope that someone will see, oh, my, my bank account uh, has been breached and I need to click through. And when they click on that link, they go to a site that either downloads malware to their uh, computer and infects them, or they are prompted to put in information like their username and their password for their bank, uh, but they're not actually on the bank site. Uh, that is escalated with things like water holing or uh, spear phishing, where the email isn't sent to lots of different people. It's sent to very specific people. And so the email feels even more authentic because it is true to uh, the sort of email that that person would expect to get. Um, I know recently I've been receiving a lot of emails uh, that uh, have to do with court filings. And so inside the email, um, there's a, a document or it looks like it's supposed to be a document that if I clicked it, um, would it would appeal to me. So uh, they are at varying levels of tailoring, but they're all meant to have you do something to give up some piece of information. And, and vishing, uh, although we both don't like that term, <laughs> has become more common uh, because of things like VoIP, which is the voice over Internet protocol uh, system of telephony. There have been some terrible examples this year. It's 2015 uh, in the UK. Uh, two lawyers have uh, gotten in trouble uh, and suffered discipline um, when they received a phone call from what they thought was their bank. Uh, they then took actions based on that phone call, often uh, what would appear to be legitimate, um, but it ended up moving huge sums of money in their trust accounts from one place to another. And unfortunately, the other place uh, was uh, controlled by the scammers, and so they were then able to remove all of the money. Yep. So it really is uh, uh, even on phones where the, you know there's no technology involved. It's a matter of uh, using common sense and really thinking about what kind of information am I giving up, or what am I doing based on uh, requests from someone who I actually can't see. And and uh, I think in one of the English examples, there was a loss of over seven hundred thousand pounds. Right. 
Yeah, it was really huge numbers. And and now we need to look at it from the perspective of, you know, when you get that email, and, and this is another uh, thing that's common with VoIP, uh, you might have a voicemail, but you're able to access it through your computer and click on that uh, that voicemail file, that WAV file, uh, to listen to the voicemail that's been left for you. Right. Yeah, you should really be very cautious with anything that looks like it's sending you a link that is taking somewhere else whether to listen to a voicemail message or to fill out a form uh, or an attachment that looks like it should be something uh, that you should download and listen to or open. Um, go through your same process that you would normally do, even if it's a voicemail and even if you're in a hurry, rather than double-clicking on that file, uh, right-click on it and save it as uh, an attachment to your drive and run your virus checker on it because the emails that are coming in are extremely good at, uh, I mean, we're, we're well beyond the days when you had uh, typos, or people were addressing you as a Nigerian prince. Although I, I do sometimes get requests for barristers uh, from the UK, which I think is quite funny. Um, but the emails have gotten very sophisticated. And, and again, if it's been tailored to you, it's going to be something that's going to be very difficult for you to watch. So without becoming too paranoid, you do really need to watch every email that comes in. And you'll get a lot of phone calls now from people claiming to be the popular one. Uh, this year was the Revenue Canada call or the CRA call saying uh, there was a warrant out for your arrest. And if you paid a certain amount of money by such and such a time, which you could do immediately, of course, uh, by giving up a few of your uh, credit card numbers. Uh, and it was a, usually a small amount. Uh, it was a, a few hundred dollars or a thousand dollars. And if you paid that amount immediately, uh, that would be the end of the warrant. You could go on your way. I mean, CRA doesn't call anyone. But but again, it's that it's that sort of panic response you have when someone calls and uh, and says we are an authority and you need to deal with this now, and that's what plays into that social social engineering aspect. It, it's uh, another story I've heard recently, which I think is is really interesting. Is uh, um, someone who pretends to be your tech support and just randomly calls people at the office and says, "Oh, you know, I, I, you had a tech support call. I'm just returning the call and and, and trying to help." Uh, and they'll often get someone who doesn't realize that maybe, you know, they hadn't put in a call very recently or they just had a, a question. And so they start to talk to this person and they, they'll give up their username and then maybe they'll give up their password and thinking that they're dealing with a coworker. And of course, uh, when you want to get along with your coworkers, like Phil and I do, um, you're willing to give up information that you might not otherwise do. But if that person's now outside the organization in our modern environments where there are often employee portals that you can log into from uh, remotely or uh, r remote networks that you can uh, log into remotely. Uh, a username and a password from inside a corporation can be very valuable. And it's very easy with uh, not to pick on VoIP, but uh, <laughs> but with a modem and a, and a you know a magic box, uh, very quickly. Uh, I mean, I've I've received phone calls from my own phone number while I've been on my own phone. Uh, so it's obviously not me calling me, but uh, they can spoof any phone number. They can spoof any organization. So you'll get a call that purports to be from the Royal Bank. It's not necessarily from the Royal Bank. And you still need to uh, jealously guard your information and not just give it up to someone on the phone because they purport to be from a particular agency. None of these agencies and, and uh, the banks, uh, even your cable companies, none of them will call you up and start asking for your personal information. And that's a good point. Both you and your your uh, the staff that you train so that they are uh, as uh, aware as you are 
um, about how to deal with these problems should never give up something like a password over the phone or over email. Uh, those are just not the sorts of things that anyone ever will ask for. They will always reset it if they have a, a password issue so that you can go and, and, and get into your account that way. Um, but that is just a sort of uh, normal response where if someone calls up and is, you know, I'm, it's a real emergency, I've got to get my password, or, you know, I'm calling for somebody who you know is out of the office and I need to get their password, uh, it, that's the time where you slow down and, and uh, you hang up the phone or you delete the email and you don't send that kind of information. You find a different way to uh, to accommodate the request or to confirm, really, that the person who is on the other end of the phone or email uh, is actually the legitimate person. And another aspect of this that lawyers were seeing in a, in a different form uh, earlier this year and over the last couple of years uh, have been with regard to collections and they're getting uh, so certified checks uh, sent to them by someone who's paying off this collection and, and the instruction will be to put it through their trust account immediately and take a piece of it for their fees and so on. Uh, and this certified check uh, is often stolen, but quite often the number on that check that the lawyer would call to confirm the account and confirm the amounts and the payor and payee and so on, uh, those would be added to the check after the, after the check had been stolen. And you're really just calling the fraudsters uh, to confirm that the funds are there and to confirm that everything's fine uh, when you should be picking up the phone and looking for looking on your computer to find out, you know, who's behind this, what's their main phone number, and let me go through it that way to confirm things or deal with your local banker. You shouldn't just accept things at face value because it's printed on a check. Yeah, particularly if you're talking, I mean, that the case of the UK, UK solicitor who uh, who moved, uh, you know, almost a million Canadian Um that's the time when uh, when you're dealing with large sums that you really need to slow down and take as many precautions as you can. If you're getting emails that come in and say you know, your account's been locked or um, your credit card's been denied or whatever, please click on this link uh, and change it. <clears throat> then instead of clicking on that link, go to uh, your bank's website by typing it in in your web browser and making sure that you're going to the place that you think you're going and then attempting to log in and attempting to see if that message actually is on your account uh, because it's much safer and uh it's so easy to click on a link and, and go somewhere and think that you've arrived. Uh, and it's just a false facsimile of uh, the place that you thought you were. And that's, I mean, is really important, I think, to, to not click on attachments. If you get an attachment from someone you weren't expecting or, or uh, you know, this is different than, <clears throat> as David said, that, that plea for money from, uh, from a foreign country. This is, uh, you know, they're, they know human behavior. They're working on that human behavior. They expect you to click on something. <clears throat> Excuse me. And if you click on something uh, and, and maybe it looks like nothing happens on your computer and, gee, I guess that's a bad file. But what's really happened is uh, a Trojan or a worm has been downloaded onto your computer that will activate later. Uh, and you might be sending out all your client's information or banking information back to someone else. Or it may be just ransomware and your computer will be encrypted and you'll be notified by email saying, oh, by the way, uh, 500 bucks US and we'll decrypt your computer. Otherwise, we'll delete everything in a week. So uh, hopefully that's made some sense to you. Uh, and if you have any additional questions, uh, please just send $4 million in unmarked <laughs> cash to the Great Library. Uh, and I will be back to you in a, as soon as I can. And that's uh, our look at social engineering. Thanks, David. Thanks, Phil.